Welcome into another episode of the CG Business Advisor Podcast, brought to you by CG Tax Audit and Advisory. I'm your host, Scott Seidenberg, thanking you once again for tuning in to our episodes. Uh, We love having you aboard, and your feedback is greatly appreciated. So be sure to leave us a little rating, a review, comment uh, on the podcast. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. We are here to serve you. And speaking of serving you, it's tax time. Yeah, it's a busy time of the year. And each year, taxpayers consult with their tax advisors to file their taxes And some of them get outrageous in what they, as, let's face it, non-tax accountants, deem as a deductible expense, right? We hear it all the time. They write it off. They write it off, Jerry. It's a write-off for them. How is it a write-off? They just write it off. (laughs) Write it off what? Jerry, all these big companies, they write off everything. You don't even know what a write-off is. (laughs) Do you? No, I don't. But they do. And they're the ones writing it off. (laughs) I absolutely love that quote from Seinfeld. But seriously, not many of us do know what qualifies as a tax deduction and what doesn't. Today's episode is going to focus on some crazy tax deductions that have been fought by the IRS and subsequently deemed it deductible later on by the tax courts. It's important to note that not all examples apply to all taxpayers. Some deductions require additional analysis on taxpayer-by-taxpayer basis, and for this reason, taxpayers should consult with their tax advisor to determine the appropriateness of a deduction that may or may not be deductible. Joining me on this episode, Christopher Raykowski, a tax manager at CG Tax Audit and Advisory. He is also an adjunct professor of accounting at Monmouth University. And Michelle Marston, she is a supervisor at CG Tax Audit and Advisory. Michelle, I want to start with you, and let's give a little background, if you will, on some of these wild tax deductions pertaining to medical expenses, which is a popular topic of discussion when it comes to tax time. So basically, just to give everyone a little background on uh, the deductible of the medical expenses, So basically, the IRS um, allows taxpayers to deduct eligible unreimbursed out-of-pocket medical expenses cost each year. However, each year, the IRS does establish a threshold, surprise, surprise, as to how much of those expenses are really truly deductible. Um, So basically, for 2020, um, the total of your medical expenses need to exceed the threshold, which is 7.5% of your adjusted gross income in order to really get some sort of um, tax deduction as an itemized deduction on your Schedule A. So basically a small, quick example is if your medical costs are 10,000, your adjusted gross income is 100,000, you would really turn around and get a deduction of $2,500 as an itemized deduction on your Schedule A. Um, Any New Jersey listeners out there, the threshold is actually much lower. Your medical expenses really only need to exceed 2% of your adjusted gross income. Um, However, there is a laundry list of medical expenses um, that the IRS really does um, really detail more and define what is in their sense, what's eligible versus not what is not eligible. Um, in their publication. So if anyone really is interested in looking to see the full uh, readout, um, publication 502 
can be found on the IRS website. And Chris, I know that some people try and go above and beyond to get as many deductions as they possibly can when filing their taxes. So in terms of somebody maybe trying to toe the line, if you will, for their medical expenses, any historic precedent that comes to mind with maybe uh, an outrageous story or, or something that goes a little above and beyond your traditional medical expenses? Yeah, precedent is a, a good word for this question because in a court case called Cherry versus Commissioner, taxpayer tried deducting the entire cost of installing a swimming pool. And as Michelle had mentioned, publication 502, I, am, I haven't read it, honestly. I know it, generally speaking, but I'm confident the word swimming pool does not show up on there. <laughs> so this, this is a taxpayer-specific, case-specific type of deduction that was uh, contested in the courts. And ultimately, the taxpayer was able to deduct a proportion of the of the expenses for installing the pool as it relates to his uh, medical need. Now, in this specific case, the doctor uh, prescribed this uh, exercise regimen that would require a pool, but the only deductible portion of this pool is based on a percentage of medical use versus personal use. So. I'm confident that if an IRS agent were to show up at this taxpayer's home, he would definitely find some floaties and lounge chairs around the pool that aren't necessarily medical medical related. And for that reason, that's why only an allocable portion of this uh, expense for installing the pool would be allowed as a medical deduction. That's so interesting. So like Michelle, is there any other incident that a doctor or somebody you know, if a doctor prescribed some sort of treatment protocol, then you can write that off no matter, or a portion of it, no matter what that is. In this instance, it was a swimming pool. Are there any other instances? Uh, yes. So surprisingly enough, um, there is. So as crazy and unusual as it sounds, if uh, you actually have your child taking clarinet lessons, that actually could connect and really determine and become medical deduction. Um, it is legitimate. It's actually an oldie but goodie, and it actually has been around since 1962. So in 1962, an orthodontist actually argued a case that playing the clarinet would actually help um, correct a child's overbite. Therefore, it would qualify actually has a medical deduction. Based on the doctor's recommendation, the cost of lessons and the instruments would actually count as medical. This actual recommendation prompted the IRS to actually add a provision allowing a medical deduction. And to this day, this unique tax deduction is actually still being promoted um, live through TV commercials. Um, actually, actually saw one the other day, uh, TurboTax was having a, um, a commercial with the desk flying through a teacher teaching um, with kids in their clarinet lessons. Hmm and prompting this actual deduction. That's wild. But, but Chris, I've heard of people writing off their gym memberships because of doctor's orders. That's something that qualifies, right? It could, it could qualify if the doctor again prescribed a specific workout regimen, but there are technical um, requirements that the taxpayer would need to overcome in that he would, he or she would have to not belong to the gym in which they have this membership prior to the diagnosis. So ultimately, if you're going to a gym prior to a diagnosis, your best bet to be able to claim the uh, your medical expense for the gym membership would be to 
join a new gym, or if you really want to go crazy, have a gym for your personal workouts and a separate gym for your medical workouts and document accordingly to be able to obtain that deduction. Hmm. What about other write-offs or deductions that someone can talk to their accountant and, and try and figure out how to get the most savings? Like Michelle, does childcare expenses, can that come into play as far as a deduction that you can write off? Funny that you mentioned that. I'm sure a lot of parents uh, would love to um, actually deduct some of their cost. I as well. Um, my kids, you know, I feel like they eat me out of a uh, house and home every day. <laughs> so surprisingly, back in uh, 1978, there was actually a court case where Miss Kingsley versus uh, the tax commissioner felt that her child care expenses that she was deducting for her babysitting fees were actually very necessary and related to her volunteer work. So she actually was taking them as a charitable deduction. Of course, the IRS, you know, why would they uh, take that as a legitimate volunteer and charitable deduction? However, she really did feel that she had a case. So the tax court actually did wind up allowing her to take those deductions as charitable, basically saying that those babysitting fees were actually needed for her to actually spend time and um, volunteer really her time for charity. So in, at the end, it actually really did, in her case, wind up being a charitable deduction. Now in retrospect, we are going back 40 years and the IRS to the state really has not changed its position or outlook. So basically this un unvery usual tax deduction is a very and rare as it comes. What about some other personal deductions, Chris? And maybe we'll go out of the norm here. Uh, any other ones that come to mind? I don't want to call them crazy, but I just want to say that they're not the normal deductions that you would think of every day. Yeah, I would say, um, again, as you mentioned, not crazy, more of an FYI for those listeners who are part of the military. Um, there's a few uh, deductions that are allowed for the military versus the regular taxpayer. Uh, the first one would be that if you are in a, if you're receiving combat pay, that pay is partially or fully tax free uh, on your income tax return. And then in addition to that, you can take that tax free combat pay income and use it as earned income to achieve a greater refund via the earned income tax credit. Um, on top of that, military members who have to move for their work in the military are able to duck those moving expenses, which uh, after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the moving expenses for average taxpayers, non-military taxpayers was um, uh, disallowed and might come back in 2026, I believe. What about gambling? Because, listen, sports betting was legal in New Jersey pretty much before everywhere else in the country, not Nevada. And now it's widespread all over the country, legalized sports betting, which has led to increased gambling. We already know that the New Jersey casinos uh, were suffering, but now sports betting has brought in just a whole new clientele and a lot more money. In fact, the numbers will show you that New Jersey leads the way in handle for sports gambling. So what about the losses that players incur, Michelle? Can they write off their gambling losses? Yes, to a certain extent. Casual gamblers out there, they just have to be aware that 
the IRS does allow a deduction of losses, but actually only to the extent of the winnings. However, the losses are really an itemized deductions on their Schedule A. So if they don't itemize, they may not be able to take advantage of these gambling losses. However, it is still very important record keeping. So basically, if anybody has winnings or losses, you know, keep good records. Um, so this way they can present it to their tax accountant. Um, and then they also have to really make sure that even if in their mind, their losses exceed their winning, which you talk to anybody and, you know, they always net as a loss. Yeah. Um, however, your winnings really still need to be reported as income on your tax return, no matter what. But also on an, a side note, this is just really for casual gambling. So if there are taxpayers out there who really are in the trader business of gambling, these losses are not deductible in this sense. Interesting stuff there. Let's get into some business tax deductions that kind of fall outside of the norm. Chris, any ones that jump out to you as far as some crazy tax deductions for businesses? Yeah, but before we get into that, I, I do want to give a little bit of background to the uh, business deductions the same way that Michelle had done for the personal deductions earlier. Um, to be deductible for a, as a business expense, the IRS states that a business expense must both be ordinary and necessary. An ordinary expense is one that is common and accepted in your trader business. A necessary expense is one that is helpful and appropriate for your trader business. So that definition leaves a lot of wiggle room for non-accountant taxpayers to try to deduct things that may or may not be actual business expenses. So uh, I know in my short career, I have seen many a taxpayer try to deduct something that probably wasn't supposed to be deducted and we've corrected and uh, informed the taxpayer accordingly. Interesting. So is there precedent now, Michelle, we talked about it when it comes to personal, but is there any business precedents that come to mind when it comes to something like this? Uh, yes. And actually, I think this is the most craziest one of them all. There was a, a court case, C. Wright versus Commissioner, where a couple actually ran a junkyard. They actually were deducting cat food as a portion and classifying it as pest control. The IRS basically said, no way, no, sir, is that really a legitimate business expense? However, the tax court, again, saved the day um, in this sense, basically allowing them to take the business deduction. The reason and really the argument basically for the couple that were running the junkyard, in order to make the, the junkyard safe for customers, they had to somehow get rid of all of the snakes and the rats. <laughs> and instead of really calling a pest control company, they purchased cat food and their pest control really were the wild cats. So the wild cats <laughs> were there to clean up, as they say, the junkyard and to remove the roam of the snakes and the cats or the snakes and the rats, therefore allowing a more safer environment for their employees, as well as a safer environment for their customers, so they can actually continue their business with no issues. Ah, yes. Using Darwinism to their advantage. Survival of the fittest there in the jungle. Yes. Michelle, what if the cat got eaten by the uh, snake? Would they be able to buy another cat and then deduct the cost of the cat as uh, another pest control expense? Why not? 
so they could have a, a range of wild cats as inventory. They can actually depreciate them. And then they would get dogs to drive away the cats and then something to drive away the dogs. So and so on and so forth. <laughs> right. So their inventory list can just go high and high. What about home office deductions? I know so many people that have businesses uh, want to write off their home offices or write off a part of their home as claiming it's a home office, Michelle. Right. So this deduction has very scrutinized and actually has been perceived years as basically sending a red flag to the IRS, increasing taxpayers, you know, for the chance of being audited. So I've actually seen in my years that clients actually pass on the deduction really for their fear of actually being targeted and being audited. So you know, in their mind, it's a scary world. And who wants the IRS knocking out their door? Not me. Thankfully, over the years, though, the IRS has actually simplified and um, changed its rulings, actually making it a lot easier for taxpayers to really claim the deduction. A case, um, Langer versus Commissioner, where the uh, taxpayer actually was using his home regularly to meet his clientele. And he uh, attempted to actually take a portion of his landscaping costs, his lawn care, even driveway repairs, basically saying he needed to keep his house upkeep and very suitable for his clients. Of course, right away, the IRS said, no way, no, sir. And then the courts actually came in, saved the day again, and actually allowed the deductions. Um, so basically, some key points really to take away for a home office deduction is to really basically allow and to really keep your records separate, you know, have your business expenses in one, one record and then, you know, keep your home office expenses separately this way. Everything's accurate. You can um, argue that you are taking a deduction, a fair amount, and basically to determine really what's the allocable portion of your home office expense, you can actually look to the square footage percentage. So if you take your home office square footage, you compare that to your overall square footage of your house to really see what percentage of the home office is indeed, you know, it could be 2%, 3%, and you'll apply that percentage to your home office to get an accurate allocable portion of your home office deductions. Yeah, that one actually makes sense to me. Give me another example, Chris, of, of somewhat of a business deduction that kind of doesn't make sense or that has been fought over in the courts as well. Right. So there was this one example of a construction company owner who financially supported his children uh, doing off-road racing, I guess, uh, off-road bike racing. And um, one of them actually got very good and made it to televised competitions. So the owner of the company Spent money on motorcycles, parts, uh, fees for competitions, uh, food. So he, he became. And, he said he became like the sponsor. Right. He sponsored his son. Right. It, it just adds a little bit of uh, grayness because it's his son. Mm -hmm. And is the company actually paying for a sponsorship for some other individual to sponsor his company? Or is he just paying for his son's recreation through by means of the company's uh, profits? Hmm. So the tax court actually allowed it after the IRS said no, similar to a lot of the other items we've been covering today. And just like the cat food in Michelle's earlier example was a pest control expense, 
the expenses related to the um, off-road racing for this company owner's son would count as marketing expense. Yeah, see, I get that because I, I would believe it. I, I can't believe the tax court wouldn't allow that at first uh, or the IRS wouldn't allow that at first. But thankfully, the tax courts came in because that does, again, make sense to me is marketing for your business. Uh, what other examples come to mind here? So another one that's probably more crazy is a professional bodybuilder trying to deduct, uh, I guess, a significant uh, amount of body oil. <laughs> okay, go on. He claimed that when he was in competitions, this body oil made him extra shiny, and therefore he uh, deducted it as a business expense for his professional bodybuilding. And the IRS, again, came in and said no, and the tax court came in and said yes, based on the fact that this product that he bought was marketed only through bodybuilding publications and was not generally for sale to the general public. So he had to he had to learn about this product by means of this professional um, magazine and then ultimately buy it and use it in his trade or business. That is wild. That at that that one to me is is, is wild. Uh, Michelle, you know, people like to write off travel expenses, okay? But in terms of maybe luxurious travel expenses, that doesn't necessarily come into play here, right? Like, they won't let you write off any limos or private jets or things like that, right? Well, it really depends, um, especially, you know, for limousines. Um, actually, really, at the end of the day, it really determines if the work that you do actually pertains to your luxurious, you know, deductions that you're trying to write off. So in the instance for the limousines, you know, if you have self-employed individuals, um, you know, actresses, actors, you know, somebody who's in the entertainment business really needs to utilize, you know, they take limos, you know, to and from work, they go to their hair appointments, makeup appointments. So, in their line of work, you know, they need to be fashionable. They need to be in style. So they need to live up the appearance. So they're in that case, their limousine travel expenses, you know, would be deductible. Um, however, in the case really where an actor is really treated as an employee, unfortunately, with the tax cuts and job acts, um, unreimbursed business expenses um, have really been done away with. And um, they, in their case, they wouldn't be able to take a deduction as an employee business expense. So this is really more in the lines right now for self-employed individuals. Okay. So we talked about writing off body oil, writing off a swimming pool, uh, writing off cat food. Michelle, this can't get any crazier, right? Like what else is being written off here as a tax deduction? You know, I mean, we have an Arizona woman that tried to uh, completely write off the cost of her own child. In her instance, you know, she had a, um, a business where her, she had a, um, a picture of her kids or her child, per se, as her advertisement. So in her mind, you know, her the cuteness of her child were was helping her develop her business and advertising and marketing, promoting her business. So why not? Wouldn't she be able to, you know, just write off the complete cost of her child? She actually tried to uh, claim $26,000 deduction for her, uh, for her kid. Could you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, no, I don't believe that one. <laughs> All right, Chris, this can't get any more bizarre, right? Well, 
unlike Michelle, I don't have any kids. So in most businesses, maybe kids don't appeal to customers and that doesn't drive up and drum up business. So there was one instance where uh, a taxpayer had uh, deducted the cost of beer that he offered to customers for free to encourage more clients to come into his business. And as you would guess, that worked and it, drum up, it drummed up business, but the IRS uh, disputed that and ultimately he won because there was a connection between those uh, who came in and increased the revenues of his business as a result of providing free beer. <laughs> free beer and tax deductions for all. What about, as I mentioned before, about travel expenses? What about for business trips? Can you get deductions for your business trips? Absolutely. Absolutely. And funny story about that. When I was in college at Monmouth University, my tax professor, one of his uh, questions on the exam was create a, an itinerary that provides the most time for a business trip that's deductible that also has personal travel intertwined with this business uh, trip. So basically deduct the cost of your business slash personal trip as a business expense. And um, uh, the four criteria that's necessary that a lot of clients probably don't follow to the, uh, to the code is that the trip has to be primarily for business. So if I'm going to Florida to see my cousins and then, oh, I'm going to happen to see a client, that's, that doesn't work. Secondly, the trip has to be planned. You can't just do an impromptu trip and say it's for business. Naturally, that doesn't seem very uh, uh, business-like. Uh, third, it has to be where business is normally conducted. So if I'm taking a trip to Russia and I have a restaurant in uh, New Jersey, well, I'm pretty sure that won't constitute business travel unless I'm trying to open up a Russian restaurant in New Jersey and eat to really stake out the competition and learn some recipes. Hmm. Um, and then finally, it has to, again, be ordinary and necessary, similar to all the other business deductions. So if the travel is ordinary and necessary, it is most likely a deductible business travel expense. Ah, so you can't just write off your vacation and just claim that you were doing some work. You can try. I know Michelle's looking for new clients. She would be happy to deduct people's vacations on their tax returns if they want, right, huh. Michelle? Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> we are in some crazy times, so you never know. Yeah, and, and with these crazy times, uh, as all these examples have shown, there are crazy tax deductions that uh, might seem out of the ordinary, and you might not believe them, but they could actually save you money when it comes time to filing your personal and your business taxes. Uh, Michelle, where can people go for some more information and some helpful tools on all of these deductions and more? You go right on the IRS website. There are tons and tons of publications. Um, we have our actual website, uh, cgteam.com, that actually we keep up day-to-day um, -day and anything that's being published going on. Um, so we have a ton and, you know, tool of events and um, a lot of information and stuff like that. Or you can, you know, everybody can just call their tax accountant and, um, you know, even though it may sound crazy at the end of the day, if you really have a good reasonable cause and a legitimate reason, any case is plausible and arguable. Well, Michelle and Chris, thank you so much for all the information. And I hope people listening out there could take advantage 
of some of these. I don't want to call them loopholes because they're legit tax law. And I hope people take advantage of things and are educated uh, more today uh, than they were uh, prior to listening. So thank you so much for the insight and the information. You got it. Thank you very much. Well, you heard it from the experts. Might not be some things that you thought of previously that could be tax deductions, but certainly after this episode, you know that there is a wide range of out-of-the-norm scenarios that could qualify as tax deductions for your business or as an individual. Be sure to head to cgteam.com where their team of advisors can answer any questions that you have regarding your personal or business finances and taxes. And keep it locked in right here to the CG Business Advisor for all of our episodes and future episodes dealing with business and tax-related issues. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the CG Business Advisor.